Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brennan S. Scott with you. This is Oilers Now. Bruce Chris Steakhouse, greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated, currently complying with Alberta Health Services guidelines. But uh, when the province gets back up and at them, Roos Chris will get back up and at them as well. Just working on negotiating contact with our next guest, and that is uh, NHL agent Jeff Jackson. He represents a host of players, including the likes of Aaron Ekblad, uh, Alex Dabrinkit, Connor Brown. Oh, yeah. Connor McDavid, Evan Bouchard of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Jeff is our Oilers Now headliner today, brought to you by Touchback Safety. Stay safe on the job while saving time and money with the all-new blended learning courses from Touchback Safety. Discover your safety training solutions today at touchbacksafety.com. Today is a timely day to have Jeff on because he was a member of the 1985 World Junior Team that won gold in Finland. We welcome back to the show from Wasserman or Jeff Jackson. Hi, Jeff. It's Bob. Bob, how are you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. Happy holidays and happy new year and all that stuff. World Juniors. So we'll get to a little bit of the, uh, a quick hit on uh, a couple of your prospects with the World Juniors and that sort of thing in, in a few minutes. But when, when you think back to that experience that you had back in 1985 playing for Terry Simpson, was that one of the finest moments of your playing career? Yeah, for sure. I think every year when this tournament rolls around, um, it brings back some sort of memories and the experience that we had was a good one. We were able to win the gold medal, like you said, in uh, in Finland in 1985. So 35 or 36 years ago. So it's uh, a long time ago. It's crazy how time goes by, but I certainly every year when this tournament rolls around, I think about it. I'm so I got friends from the team that, that I played on, guys uh, that you kept in touch with. So yeah, it's, it's it was a great, great time for us. Now, were you actually in the NHL to start the year, and then did did you get a sign? I'm trying to recall your situation because I know you played NHL games that season. Yes, I was in Toronto uh, with the Leafs until just before the tournament. Really, they sent me back to go to the uh, to the training camp, which was in Belleville, Ontario, at the time, and then we went to Finland. So I went right from the Leafs to the junior team, and then when I came back after the tournament, I went back to play. Uh, in the OHL for the remainder of the year. You remember uh, that you made a lot of friends. One of the things that I remember that year, and, and you and me are roughly of the same vintage, is I'd heard all these stories about Wendell Clark. And uh, Wendell made the team that year. He was drafted uh, uh, number one a little bit later on that season. But what did you remember of a young Wendell Clark coming out of the West? And may, I mean, it, 
it was a different time for Canada, but not as much skill as today, but certainly, I mean, you guys had some tough, big men on that team. But what was your first impression when you saw Wendell at that camp? Oh, he was the talk of the camp. He was just—he uh, wasn't overly big, but he was—he was a defenseman at the time, as you recall. Uh, and he was rocking everybody in this training camp, and we were like, oh, you know, everyone's who's this Clark kid? And he ended up making the team um, as a forward. Uh, Sherry Basson, who's a longtime friend of mine, and you know, he was the general manager of the team. Him and Terry Simpson got Wendell into a room and asked him if he would consider playing forward. And Wendell said, if I'm on the team, I'll do whatever you want. I'll drive the bus. Um, and he came on, and it turns out, you know, he played a little bit of defense. He played a little bit of forward. He scored a huge goal that ended up being the goal that we won the gold medal uh, because of. And then, you know, that, like you said, that June, he was just like the first overall by the Leafs. And they immediately put him as a defenseman, and then he played forward his whole NHL career. So very, very unique, great guy. He's been a buddy of mine since uh, since that team. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we have fun sometimes in the various different markets, but the one thing that's said is, just like in Boston, they love Brendan Gallagher. Throughout the country, everybody kind of loved Wendell Clark. Uh, you mentioned the guys on the team. The Edmonton Oilers had a couple prospects at that time, including Selmer Odeline, but I'd actually like to talk about Shane Corson, who later became an Oilers captain. There was a guy that could, you know, he could fight above his weight class. He had, you know, he was a guy with longer arms for his height and stuff. Uh, I'm trying to recall, I thought you might have played with him in junior or you were involved in a brawl with him at one time in junior, but he was he was another one of those guys that was a pretty good player, albeit a Montreal Canadiens draft choice and a part of that group. Yeah, he was my teammate in junior in Brantford and in Hamilton. So we were we were teammates, and we, we uh, so we both played on that world junior team together, coming from Hamilton. And uh, yeah, he was a very good player, super tough. But you know, above above all, he was an extremely good player and was an important part of that team that year when we won. And uh, it's funny, it's uh, I see him now. We still we. It's one thing we talk about is not the time we played together in Brantford or Hamilton, but the time we played together on the World Junior Team for those two weeks. So, pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. Was, uh, Terry Simpson had a reputation. I mean, that Prince Albert team that he had that won the 85 Memorial Cup, that's one of the greatest junior teams of all time, Jeff. I mean, they were loaded. Uh, man, I grew up I grew up playing against Manny Viveros. He was unbelievable as a puck-moving defenseman. But he liked tough teams. PA had tough teams. And was there a bit of old school in his approach, even coaching internationally? Like, did he did he did he let guys? Because now Canada almost plays safe with the physical game, right? Because there's this reputation that Canada was always this big nasty team. But you guys were a big nasty team in 1985, weren't you? Yeah, though you mentioned Selmar Odeline and Jeff Bukaboom, and we had uh, John Miner was another Bobby Basson. We had a lot of Western guys. Dan Hodgson wasn't a tough guy. He was super skilled. You know, led led the WHL in scoring. Uh, in PA, was their captain. Played for Terry uh, there, and then was our captain, who was also a teammate of mine in Toronto. So we had a good mix of guys who, you know, Claude Lemieux could play tough, and but he was a very good player. Uh, Danny Gratton, if you remember him, he was a tough kid, but really skilled. But we just had a number of players that 
could play both ways. And back in the eighties, it was much different. We did play, we played physical over there, but we, we stayed out of the penalty box. And that was kind of one of the reasons that we were able to win the goal is we didn't take a lot of dumb penalties. I remember you played the checks at the end. I think Sandlack got uh, the other goal in that two goal, that two, two tie in which Clark uh, scored the, the game tire. We're joined by Jeff Jackson, longtime NHL agent, part of the 1985 national or world junior champion, uh, team Canada. Jeff, uh, Finland was in the mix. They had a couple of top two scores. Essa Tikkanen, who had a great NHL career, I think you know was like 18 points or something. Do you remember playing against Essa? And uh, what do you remember about playing against Team Finland? Oh yeah, I remember. I remember Essa very well in the tournament. Uh, we played in Finland, as you know. So you know, hometown crowds. The crowds were loud, and he he was a bit of a showboat. So he played up played up to the crowds and never stopped talking and chirping and we all wanted to kill him on our bench uh but that was our first look at at the Tikkanen, and then we a lot of us got to play against him in the nhl and he, he as you know continued that through his <laughs> nhl career to and very, and very effective in winning stanley cups uh in the nhl as well but he was great he was a very good player but we we all wanted to do we were you know chasing around the ice we wanted to kill him yeah, well, sometimes his own teammates, I think, wanted to turn him off a bit, as legend has it. But he became a pretty clutch goal scorer uh, for uh, the Oilers and the Rangers. He scored a lot of overtime goals in his career. Hey, look, just just as an aside, this is when you guys had a round robin. Like, how, like you didn't – it was weird because you tied your – if I recall correctly, you tied your last two games. It wasn't just your last game against the, the Czechs. You guys had beaten the Russians. But, you, I mean, was it a little – were you a little concerned that destiny was out of your hands? Or did you think once you tied the Finns – or, sorry, once you once you tied the Czechs that last game, there was no way Finland was going to beat Russia by, like, six or seven goals to win the tournament? Yeah, no, it was a different setup back then. And you really – you didn't have any opportunity to lose games. Like, if you lost a game, you were pretty much toast as far as winning the gold medal. So it was a different kind of pressure. But um, – we got we got to that we were down and then Clarkey scored the goal that tied it against the Czechs. That was Hashik in, in goal for the Czechs. And uh once we once we tied it we knew that uh, Russia was gonna have to win by I think it was six or seven, like you said, and there was a very little chance of that happening and but we watched the game and we were we were on the stands, we were nervous. Uh <laughs> Because it wasn't up to us, but we also knew that the chances of the Russians winning by that many goals was really low. So um, when that final buzzer went, we were pretty happy. We're joined by Jeff Jackson uh, from Wasserman, uh, part of the 1985 World Junior Championship team. How different is it for you now representing? I mean, you've had uh, guys obviously like Connor uh, McDavid, you know, represent the right now. Just uh, on Team Canada, off the top of my head, you have Byfield, you have Drysdale. You got you have McMichael too, don't you, Connor McMichael as well? Like those, these are all your kids. Yeah, and and Ryan Suzuki on uh, on Canada. So we have four kids on this team, and um, so it's pretty special. We, we we've uh, we had four kids playing for the Finns the other night as well. So we had eight players uh, from our group playing in the game four for Finland, four for Canada. So it's it's kind of tough. You know, you got to cheer for the kids. Um, but yeah, we have good fortune. We've got uh, we've got some really good young players playing. And last year, I think we had five kids on the Canadian team last year. Um, 
and I went over to Czech Republic to watch. So it's a different kind of experience this year, obviously not being able to be there because right. we've been fortunate to have players on the team uh, pretty much every year. And usually, you know, myself or Dave Ghani or Judd Moldaver, one of our group will go to the, to the tournament. Sometimes both of us uh, or more than one of us go and, this year we're all just watching from our living rooms and we text each other constantly and just like we're all going through something different this tournament's a lot different too but the hockey itself is still a really high end which which is the most important thing Quentin Byfield's an interesting guy like people for if I'm not mistaken is he not the youngest guy on the team Canada again this year like two years in a row he's been the youngest player on the team he's it's funny, I've had multiple conversations with uh, people about, you know, worst-case scenario, Keith Primo. Like, that's, for me, I mean, that's that's a compliment. Keith Primo is a heck of a player. Some people have suggested he's like Kopitar or even Joe Thornton. He's a pretty intriguing prospect, isn't he? Yeah, he is, and I think it's unfair to kids to compare them to NHL guys that have played a long time and had success and, Quinn will be his own type of player, but you you know he is big. He has he's he's fast. He's got skill. Um, so it's a natural thing to compare him to players. And yeah, he is the youngest player. Uh, he, he turned just turned uh, eighteen in August. So, but you know he's he's played a lot of hockey. He played big minutes for Sudbury uh, as a leader for their team. He's you know an important part of this team, just like. They all are. That's the thing about World Junior teams is all these guys are high-end prospects, and they all come from playing, you know, 18, 19, 20 minutes a night as a forward and more for defense to this tournament where they don't, you know, they have to they have to try to play a different role with less time, um, and it's, sometimes it's hard to do that, but they all seem to be able to come together and. Quentin's, you know, he's he's uh, contributing in his own way, and I think he's got a bright future. Uh, I, I think we'd be naive to believe, Jeff, given that you represent Connor McDavid, that you know you're obviously keeping an eye on things at Edmonton. Uh, Wasserman also uh, brought in Acme. Acme had Yessa Poliarvi through Marcus Lato, and you've got Evan Bouchard as well. So there's three guys there. Uh, you're definitely kind of, I would assume, uh, looking at uh, Connor's sort of on a, a whole other level because he's, let's face it, he, most people would consider him to be the, the world's best player. I am hearing very good things on uh, some progressions that both Pugliarvi and Bouchard have made. How does an agency play a factor in in working with their players to continue to grow and develop? Uh, you know, sometimes it's, you know, I'm hearing that Bouchard's in great shape. I'm hearing that uh, Pugliarvi's really... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. They worked on his English. You guys play a factor in that? 
Did we lose Jeff? It looks like Jeff dropped the line. Hi, I'm James Neal from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer on 630 Chet. Again, James Neal, uh, Gaetan Haas, Devin Shore, Dominic Cahoon, unfit to play. And don't read too much into that. That's what I would suggest to you at this stage. Uh, we'll have more at 1 o'clock in the 1 o'clock news about uh, the resignations that are occurring currently with the UCP party. I would suggest that many of you listening to that show are uh, comfortable with that's the right direction that should be occurring. We had Jeff Jackson on. He's been kind enough to re-engage with us. Uh, Jeff is with Wasserman. He represents, amongst others, Connor McDavid and Aaron Eckblad. And also in the Oilers organization, his firm represents Yessa Pugliarvi and Evan Bouchard. Jeff, thank you for calling back. Uh, from uh, just circling back to the question, what sort of role does an agency play in working with a guy like Evan and working with a guy in Jesse and helping to you know, put them in the best position to be, uh, you know, these are both first-round draft choices for the owners to, to, to get the best possible careers they can. Well, I think part of part of what we do is we negotiate contracts, but we, we start working with these kids when they're super young. So, you know, they're 14, 15, 16, and we, we go through the whole progression with them. So in many ways, we're kind of part sports psychologist, part, uh, player development coach. Um, in our case, we're you know we're very fortunate to have a guy like Dave Gagne, uh, who's a partner of mine, who was you know played 15 years in the NHL, had a great career himself, and then he was a director of player development for Vancouver for six or seven years. Um, you know he he's probably one of the premier guys in the business as far as player development. So you know he works very closely with Evan. He had a lot of multiple discussions with the Oilers about what we were going to do during the uh, during the fall, and you know was was part of the discussions with Kenny and with Keith Gretzky to get Evan over to Sweden, and um, you know has had a big part in in Evan's development and maturity both on and off the ice. So, I, you know, I, I feel fortunate that I work with Dave. Uh, I know the players that work with him feel the same way, and he's. He's had a big part in Evan's evolution as a player from the time he was, you know, like a, a major Bantam player. So uh, that's that's kind of the way it works. We do we do a little bit of everything as an agent, and that's player development is one of the core our core strengths, I believe. Now Marcus Lato still represents Yessa Poliari, but they look that Acme came into your firm. Does that relationship assist in the process with the Oilers, do you think, in terms of, I mean, Yessa has come in. I would I would assert to you it's a good deal for Edmonton. It's a two-year deal. It gives the Oilers and, and, and Yessa a chance to rebuild the relationship. Is that partially a byproduct of the fact that Acme's now part of Wasserman? Well, I think, you know, we, we work very closely together. So Marcus is a partner of ours now, and, you know, we're part of Wasserman Hockey, and, uh, you know, I, I spoke with with Marcus a lot about Yessi, and you know, he had his own relationship with Ken Holland, and and uh, I have mine. And you know, through those discussions, I think um, you know, just the decision to come back for Yessi was the right one. And he, he's matured as a player, and he's matured as a young man. And it, I think a lot of people forget that when he came over, he was an 18 year old who didn't speak any English or very little English, and if you think about putting a, a kid who's 18 and moving away from home for the first time into a foreign, you know, into the NHL of all leagues, and, and then not being able to, you know, communicate with teammates and really understand coaches sometimes, all that stuff, I don't think 
that helped him um, in his transition. But now he's, you know, he's that much older. He went and had a great year in Finland. And I think that uh, he's a good fit with the Oilers. And, uh, you know, he was in good shape. He's big. He's a big, strong kid who can shoot the puck. So, I mean, all things point to him being successful and being part of this Oilers team, which looks pretty good on paper right now. Well, there's no question they've upgraded the depth and they've got some guys that can move the puck, Jeff. And I think back just the language thing. I remember reading, you know, I grew up with Craig Lupel. That's Joffrey's dad and he's our age. And I remember Joffrey talking about going to Russia as a 29 year old guy and not being able to understand the language and being lost and being out in Yakinaburg, which is not exactly like being in Moscow and how challenging. And then I thought, could you imagine what it would be like for an 18 year old kid coming over from Finland? Kind of puts things in perspective there. So, hey, we appreciate. Uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you for calling back, Jeff, and uh, sharing some uh, stories. I hope you get a chance to relive it a bit today when Canada plays Russia. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate being on, and uh, hope to see you soon. All right. Clear up. Okay. Absolutely. Excellent. Thanks a lot. That is Jeff Jackson uh, with Wasserman again. Represents Connor McDavid. You heard him. Uh, I mean, the agent's talking about the Oilers, uh, you know, <laughs> improve the team a bit. There's no question about that. It's uh, it's going to be interesting watching Pogliarvi and Bouchard. I think by the end, of the season, like, Bouchard's going to be on the team out of the gate. There's no question. Um and it'll be intriguing to see uh, in sort of what role. Here's what we're going to do. It's 1256 in Edmonton. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063 on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, and uh, we will tell you that uh, Jason Kenney has actually put out a statement uh, that says the following, and we've, we've got to dip into this. I know the show's called Oilers now. This is breaking news that Eileen Bell will continue to have at 1 o'clock today, uh, but he has put out a statement, and I, Eileen will be referencing that. But uh, Kenny has accepted the resignations of Municipal Affairs Minister Tracy Allard and has asked for his Chief of Staff, Jamie Huckabee, to step down, which he has done. Uh, he's also accepted the resignation of MLA Jeremy Nixon as Parliamentary Secretary for Civil Society and MLA uh, Jason Stephan for the Treasury Board. Uh, they, as well as MLA's Tanya Fur, Pat Ryan, and uh, Tani Yao, have lost their legislature committees. This obviously has to do with travel that took place abroad during the time in which uh, virtually everybody that's listening to the show uh, complied with Alberta uh, you know, health requirements and the lockdown that was taking place in our province. At 105 today, John Shannon. At 135 today, we will uh, hear out of Ottawa from Gord Wilson. You just heard from one of the most powerful men in the hockey business, Jeff Jackson from Wasserman. He represents the best player in the world, Connor McDavid, and he was a part of the 1985 World Junior Team. Off to a global news weather traffic update. More on uh, breaking news out of the province with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.